Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to another episode of the Turn-Based Podcast, where we focus primarily on RPG games. Uh, and I'm here with Mr. Jake James Lugo, and it's his birthday today, so very happy birthday to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. So, yeah, I hope everybody's doing good. Hope everybody's uh, excited for a new podcast. We got some stuff to talk about, which should be fun. But, yeah, so there's a lot happening for me today. Cool, indeed. Um, So the focus of this show is going to be us talking about the Final Fantasy 15 episode Prompto DLC, which just released this week. Um, But before we get into that... You did just recently drop a review, and that was um, Valkyra Revolution. Um, So tell us a little bit about this game, because I'm familiar with Valkyrie Chronicles on the the PS3, I believe. But um, where does this tie into that game? So Valkyria Revolution is the next game in that series and that franchise. I guess it takes place way after all the previous games. They're kind of loosely connected. This one isn't a numbered entry, obviously. And there's very little connection to the previous game or games for that matter. Um, the, the thing is, is that this game isn't very good compared to the previous ones. Uh, if you guys never played the, the other games before, you had Valkyria Chronicles, which was on PS3. Then you had Valkyria Chronicles 2, which was on the PSP uh, back in the day. And then Valkyria Chronicles got remastered and re-released on the PlayStation 4 later on. I want to say about last year, if not er- like earlier this year. It was, it was a while back. But now we have this one, which is also known as Valkyria Azure Revolution. Now, here's the main thing. The reason why this game is so different is because it kind of abandons or at least pseudo abandons the tactical strategy gameplay that made the first couple of Valkyria Chronicles games so interesting. This one tries to favor a lot more action based combat or at least action in the sense of like gameplay where you have a lot more real time movement and all, all your actions and attacks are done in real time. However, it doesn't really fully commit to it. It actually still has elements from the previous games where you kind of stop time and you do an action like you throw a grenade or you fire a gun or use any sort of like, they call it alchemy, but it's basically magic abilities, you know, in the grander scheme of things, you know, if we're using JRPG lingo. And it's funny enough, I say that because a lot of other places have said like it it borrows a lot more JRPG tropes uh, and kind of abandons what made the series so good in the first place. So I agree with that. I ended up scoring the game below a 60. Uh, and I felt that was fair because the game and, you know, the gameplay just in general as you're moving around, taking missions and stuff, it, it's very stiff. It, it, it doesn't feel as smooth as a as an actual hack and slash or an action game, but it also doesn't have the strategy that made the previous game so good. Uh, the enemies are kind of mindless. The, they're not really not that hard. Most of the time, there's a lot of glitches and a lot of... Uh, different types of visual hiccups and technical hiccups that are happening on the maps even though it's not super super difficult if you just go through every single mission that appears on your map you could be pretty much strong enough to deal with whatever it is comes at you but also it has a couple areas that you can actually explore outside of the traditional battles that you get involved with the different missions that are both story-based and free-based um it, it doesn't have a lot of exploration 
it, it only has like the, just these wide areas that you could go to and get different items and upgrades and stuff like that. But it never gets really too deep with like places you could explore or characters you could talk to all over the place. Mind you, this game is also on the PlayStation Vita. So that maybe has something to do with it where it was kind of like optimized for one console, even though it's, it's still optimized for the PlayStation 4, but it still has some of those things where you could tell it's like, oh, this could probably be why they're putting it on the Vita or how this can work on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, but probably the most damaging thing to my experience and why I felt that this game wasn't all that great is the cutscenes and the story. And just the visual presentation of it is not up to par, not as good as the previous games. It still has that kind of like etch-a-sketch or kind of, you know, old school painting style uh, aesthetic to it with the visuals in both the cutscenes and in the gameplay. But for whatever reason, like there's just a lot of visual things that are very basic that have just been glanced over where the filter that they use has this border at the very end of the screen. Um, the cutscenes, for whatever reason, they decide to load every single cutscene, even though it's the same scene and the same uh, sequence of events every, in between different cuts of camera angles, it'll reload the scene. And it's just, it gets very annoying and it, it just elongates a lot of the scenes that shouldn't be as long as they are. So overall, there's a lot of different things that are like that. And I felt that that was the best score or at least the most fair score to give the game. It should have been much better because I actually like the Valkyria Chronicles series. And I feel like a lot of people were hoping this was going to be something very interesting and very good. And they just had a poor execution with it. Okay, so like even with those issues in mind, would you say that this game is at all fun to play and does it add anything at all to the series? No, and that's the worst part is because it takes a lot of risk with the series. It gets away from some of the things that were done so well in Valkyria Chronicles 1 and 2 to being the better game, even though it was on the PlayStation Portable. I mean, the PlayStation, yeah, the PlayStation Portable, but really this one it never fully commits to one thing or another i felt like this would have been a better game if it was just an action rpg if it didn't have any of like the the pseudo turn-based elements that were tactical that was from the previous game and i could be able to move around a lot easier or just do my attacks in real time and feel very smooth with the controls as well as also not have any of the other like visual hiccups that would pop up here and there or any of the long low times and things like that and if the story was a lot better this would have been a far better game overall but just as it is now unless you're a diehard valkyria chronicles fan and even then i think this is a very hard sell you're not really going to enjoy this too much it's just there's so much wrong with it that's going on right now that it it it's much better to go back and play valkyria chronicles 1 remastered that that game is on the playstation 4 now and not only is it cheaper even though it's an older game it's a far better designed game than what you have right here okay that's cool so, yeah, that's a Valkyria Revolution. You guys can check it out if you want to, but judging by that, it might be better to steer clear. But, um, yeah, so moving on, we are going to talk about Final Fantasy Fifteen Episode Prompto, which yes. just released this week. And um, we've both played it already in its entirety. And, um, I mean, I, I actually really liked this one um, compared to episode Gladiolus, which released earlier this year. I definitely enjoyed episode Prompto a lot more. I liked the mix up in, in gameplay and, you know, the storytelling. I felt like it was a, a lot more fulfilling than um, episode Gladiolus. And I liked that um, it introduced um, other characters in there as well. You had Arnea in there. Um, and um, I forget the, the main 
um, bad guy of 15. He's in there as well. Forget his name. Arden. Um, Arden. Arden. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so yeah. he's in there too. And um, I liked that, you know, they kind of introduced shooter mechanics into the game as well. So, like, you can actually play this like, you know, a third-person shooter pretty much. I wouldn't say it's as polished as, you know, other games that are fully intended to, to play as a third-person uh, shooter, but it's pretty cool that they managed to pull it off within this engine that they, you know, they already had and everything. And you can still, you know, do uh, melee combat if you choose to as well. And, you know, they had different things like the, the snow mobile and um you know the fact that you can do side missions and stuff like that so what were your overall thoughts on this dlc for final fantasy 15 so kind of like the most basic thoughts and impressions i could give is that this is a far better dlc than episode gladiolus just the way it's designed the way that it's presented if i had a real good comparison let me know if you think this is a perfect comparison this dlc is to final fantasy 15 what the after years is to final fantasy 4 if you remember final fantasy 4 the after years or interlude this is like this feels very close to final fantasy 15 like would you say that's a fair comparison yeah i never actually played the after years so i'm not sure uh what okay so let me let me explain it a little better then what 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 i'm getting at and and i'm pretty sure some of you listeners out there let us know in the comments section that uh this feels like Final Fantasy 15. It feels exactly like how the, the core game is. One of the things that I criticized Episode Gladiolus about was that it felt like an entirely different game. It felt more like a hack and slash game just built in the yeah. Final Fantasy 15 engine. What this one feels like is that it still controls and moves and is presented like Final Fantasy 15, even though it's an extra tale on top of the story we already know. Now, funny enough, I have a bunch of nitpicking things about it, though. Even though I overall enjoyed the DLC. I think Episode Prompto is a big step up over the previous one. This gets me very excited to see what they do with Episode Ignis, and I'm hoping that they go about it in the same fashion that they did with this one, because even though I have no idea where they're really going to go story-wise for Episode Ignis, because thus far with both DLCs, they've jumped between different time frames, which I'll get to in a second. But gameplay-wise, I think this is the right direction to go. Now, nitpicky stuff. Uh... I like the overworld aspect with the whole snowy area. I think that's great. Uh, I think that the the side quests are a little bit way too spread out and a little bit too random. And I don't think you get enough rewards for them when you actually complete them. Now, what I'm talking about is like those random uh, yellow exclamation points that pop up that you go and you basically just clear out a bunch of enemies. Like there, there's really nothing new to them with the exception of I think is the races with the snowmobile or the snow, the snow, uh, yeah. the snow rider. And uh those are fine but i feel like they're spread out way too far out in the area like it's very confusing to find out where the borders are of where you could actually go because the map is very deceptive it makes it seem like you could go throughout that entire area and that does not seem to be the case especially with the way that the layout of the land is but also when you complete those different challenges or just those different side quests and you kill all the enemies i don't think you get enough computer parts you get like three computer parts for like a really tough fight and some of the yeah. upgrades for the snowmobile are very expensive. Like some of them are like 20 or 50 even. And it's like, okay, if I have to do a bunch of those fights like that, and I'm only like level like 35 to 40, which funny enough, it de-levels you for that area of the game. Like if you're level 99 with Prompto or level 120 with Prompto, you're going to get de-leveled and you're going to be kind of starting a little bit from scratch here. Uh, the other thing too 
that I think is a little bit annoying is the, again, in this DLC, you don't have the ability to change your equipment. Now, I understand the logic with the time frame that they're taking place this story in, but I was hoping that when, after episode Gladiolus, one of my criticisms with that was, was you didn't have enough items that they would give you, like as far as like elixirs, high potions, etc., which they kind of address in this uh, DLC, which I was really thankful for. You could actually find them scattered all over the place, which is great, but also you don't get enough new equipment to equip to Prompto. I feel like you only get like one set of equipment that you don't really get much out of it. And when you complete the game, you unlock the lion heart and you unlock a new, uh, a new, uh, what is it? Bullet arts and stuff. But even then, once you complete the game, you complete the, the DLC, you don't get to keep that. You don't get like a new game plus version of it. You only get to keep it. Uh, was it for that particular section of the game and also only for the main game, which I believe you only get the lion heart gun for prompto. Which I felt was a little bit annoying because when you go to the final fight against Aranea, which I'll get to in a second, uh, you actually have that bullet art, but you don't have it in the game that you actually completed the file with. Or you don't have it in the file that you completed the game with. Uh, the other thing, too, is about Aranea. While I enjoy her as a party member, I wish there was a couple more story things to come out of this DLC about those two's relationship because they, she's just kind of there. A little bit and kind of pushes prompto along and i feel like a lot of the work is put onto prompto himself even though it, again it's really a not a not a lot of story to go on in the grand context of everything with final fantasy 15 funny enough at the very end which again this is kind of spoilery but even it it really doesn't take that long to complete this when you get to the very end of this dlc and it shows the cutscene when the guys find prompto again there's a gap in time there where i feel like they don't show from when you actually leave Aranea in the Snowy Mountains to when Prompto is actually captured, they, I feel like there's a scene missing there or a couple scenes missing where they don't explain or they don't show what happened there. Like, how exactly did Prompto get captured? Did Arden run into him again? Did he get overwhelmed by a bunch of enemies in that area? Because let alone you just leave Aranea just in the Snowy Mountains, which I thought was kind of stupid. I don't know why yeah, that's, that's, they would do that's that. That's what confused like, me as well, because in, in 15, I think it was uh, chapter 13, right, where you meet up with Prompto again, I think. Uh, I think it's either chapter 13 or chapter 14. It, it's when you're alone as Noctis and Gladi and Ignis are, are on their own and they're a separate part. But once you meet up with them, you guys find Prompto again at some point. But my point is, is like there's that gap in time where you don't know how Prompto got there. Like, they never show that. And I don't think they even explain it in the main game. So, like, something's missing right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, that doesn't make much sense because, like, uh, when you're when you meet up with him in the main game again, it's like, you know, he it's like he's just been kind of captured or something. Like, I, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but, yeah, it seems weird that, you know, the end of this DLC shows him, you know, uh, going away on the snowmobile with Arnea. And then, you know, suddenly he just ends up in that that dungeon that, you know, uh, that you play in as Noctis in that chapter. So, yeah, let, let alone some sort of time gap. I was going to say, let alone, we don't even know what happens to Aranea until, like, much later in the main game, which is, like, chapters later afterwards, which, again, I find that weird. I think that was a poor decision. Like, she should have left with him. Then I would have believed it a little yeah. bit more. But, and then I would have been, like, I would have wanted to see what happened between the two of them, which, again, you still have a scene missing there. Now... Speaking of Aranea, her as a party member, I think it's fine. I think that the the, the different arts, you know, the, the different team up uh, moves that you have with her are fine. You only get really get one, which is like the basically the dragoon high jump. But what I have a problem with is the final battle against Aranea, that extra battle when you complete the DLC, which is very similar to what they did with episode Gladiolus with Core, 
The problem is, though, is that I find those fights, and especially this one too, again, is unbalanced. And in order to win it and complete it, I feel like you have to exploit the the AI and exploit the fight a little bit. Where not only do they not give you enough items, I, I think that's a real problem. They try to do that for the sake of challenge, and I don't think it really comes off well. It doesn't work right, in my opinion. But also, I find that the the AI could be a little bit cheap. I ended up playing that fight, I think it was about four times. Two of which I died after I got wrecked by Aranea for like the, the most surprising and kind of weird stuff that happens during that fight. But also, one of the times that I lost was very was kind of a BS way to lose, where I literally had her health down, completely gone. And I think is that right when I got her health to zero, she used the high jump again, the, the limit. And the timing for that to dodge is not only stiff and very strict, but there, there'll be moments when you go to hit the dodge button to, to kind of roll away with Prompto, and it won't register the input. Like, I feel like it locks you in place as you're moving around, and there's like a delay when you're trying to kind of dodge out of the way, and like she'll still hit you with that move. And it happens throughout the fight. So I feel like they got to patch that, They're like something they have to adjust in order to really make that fight go off a little bit more smooth it's still a tough fight don't get me wrong and all the other weapons in the area are kind of useless like there's no point in picking up the bazooka because she just dodges it there's no point in picking up the what is it the 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 assault rifle because again you have to take time to aim and you just get hit before you could even actually get a good aim on her so you have to use prompto's handgun which is just the best thing to use in the entire fight which you don't even aim it just automatically attacks like if you were playing as noctis so, again, they, they really need to adjust that fight. But overall, uh, as a whole for the DLC, because I know I'm going off long and I want to get some more impressions from you, Gary. Uh, as a whole, the DLC, I think, is a step up over episode Gladiolus. I'm very excited to see what they do with episode Ignis. I want to see them take a very similar approach and give us a little bit more. If they could address some of the little gripes I have with episode Prompto, episode Ignis could be very, very cool. But even more so... This makes me question a lot of what they're going to do with that multiplayer partners DLC after episode Ignis comes out. Because remember, that's still part of the DLC content for the season pass. So I hope yeah. that whatever that is, you know, is is done in a way where it's going to be exciting. It's going to give people more after you complete all these DLCs. Because I have a strong feeling, myself included, that after episode Ignis, a lot of people aren't going to play this anymore. Yeah, I, I can see that. And, um, you know, just to go back uh, real quick, you know, the uh, the Arnea battle, just so the listeners yeah. know, that's not actually that that battle is not actually like canon to the story or anything. Right. It's extra. Yeah. It's, it's like just, the core battle a, from episode Gladiolus. It's, it's Yeah, exactly. And you only get it for a trophy. That's the thing. But but like like that core battle from episode Gladiolus, it again, I just feel like it's very unbalanced and I don't think you get enough out of it. I don't think I even got anything other than the trophy for completing it. I wish that, that's yeah, another thing. I feel like in the main game that you have for for Final Fantasy 15, all these DLCs should be giving me a ton of stuff for completing them. Whether it's completing all the side quests, whether it's completing the main quest line for for the DLC themselves, as well as also just doing a bunch of extra stuff and finding all those like little uh, was it those little manuscripts and those audio tapes and stuff. I got almost all of them. I think I'm missing one because again, I just don't remember where exactly I'm missing it at. But I should get something for doing all that. And I should get more than just either the outfit. Because there's, I, I just remember now, the, the two things that you get in your main Final Fantasy XV game for your save file is that you get the, the snowy outfit for Prompto and you get the Lion Heart gun. I should be getting much more than that. Yeah, I agree. Like, you should get a lot more out of playing it, especially stuff that you can bring over to, like, your main game 
that you're playing like whether you're you know currently playing through the story or you're starting a new game or, or something you should get you know a lot of items that you can carry over i think even an exp boost but, um, an exp boost would be great like why is it that those two dlcs that because you kill a lot of enemies in the dlc and you don't really you don't really level up per se when you're playing when you're playing both episode gladiolas and episode prompto why doesn't it just give my main game an uh, uh what is it an exp boost that i could use to level up even further because the level cap for final fantasy 15 now is 120 and that requires a lot of XP. So why not give the people who invest in these DLCs who have the season pass even more? Yeah, they should. Like that's something Square Enix really needs to think about because I know they want to offer extra content for these games and they want people to buy the season pass and everything, but they have to think about actually giving value back to the end user, the, the players of the game and everything. So I agree with that. But um, as for my overall thoughts on episode Prompto, uh, what I really liked is that it, it did give a lot of insight into who Prompto is and, you know, where he's come from and, you know, his inner eternal conflicts and everything. So I liked that because it really showed another side of Prompto because, you know, in the main Final Fantasy 15 game, we're used to him being the Joker. You know, he's like the funny character, the funny guy. He makes the jokes and everything. Um, but this you know it kind of showed us a more vulnerable side of him and you know some of the things that he's dealing with inside and um i like you know how he overcomes these inner conflicts at the end of this dlc and then you know he's able to go back to you know the the, uh, the other guys and you know be stronger for it so i liked that you know from the dlc like the, the character development of prompto I think that was nicely done in this DLC. Um, it's just like you said, there are some, you know, gameplay um, issues that need to be tweaked a little bit. Um, but besides that, you know, I, I enjoyed it. It was like an hour and a half, 90 minutes or so. And, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't perfect in any way, but it's fun. You know, for, for, for 90 minutes of gameplay, I found it fun. So, yeah. Um, and I'm thinking perhaps, you know, that gap in time, maybe it might be explained a little more with Ignis, episode Ignis. I feel like, you know, there's an opportunity there for them to clear that up, perhaps. But um, it's Square Enix, so who knows, you know, what they're thinking of doing with that. But what do you think Definitely. with that, with episode Ignis? Uh, well, here's the thing. I think that we're going to get something interesting that's at another gap of time for episode Ignis because episode Gladiolus is during that time frame when the guys are separated, where they kind of got go their separate ways before they meet up again. And then episode Prompto happens right after he gets knocked off the train by Noctis, which, by the way, funny little scene at the very end, which kind of wraps that up. It's like they have a powwow moment, you know, that kind of addresses it because I don't even think they address that in the main game. Now that I think about it, thinking back on my my overall experience with final fantasy 15 so that was cool to have that but episode ignis um the way that they kind of tease it seems like whatever's going down looks like it's in the past or looks like it's from a long time ago before any of the stuff goes down or it could be during the time when they're all separated during that big yeah. gap in time where noctis is asleep and uh whatever it is it, some stuff looks like it's going down with iggy and, and i'm hoping that it gives us more now I don't think that we're going to get a lot of gameplay variation with Ignis because you can only do so much between the guys. And I feel like with Iggy, it's going to be a little bit more kind of like controlling how you do with Noctis, or at least that's what I'm guessing. I'm not certain for sure. But 
uh, you'll probably more than likely be able to control Iggy the very same way that you control Noctis, but without the warping. At least that's what I see. I don't know what exactly they can implement other than maybe something involving the cooking somehow when you rest, uh, when you're actually <laughs> playing through it. That, that, I'd be very curious to see what they come up with because so far for both DLCs, they come up with clever ways to make them feel unique. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because that's the one thing I can say as well. Like each of these episodes so far, it kind of fits the, the personality traits and the skill set of the character it's focusing on. So yeah, with Ignis, I'm not sure um, how they're going to approach that. Like, uh, maybe it will be like a mix of, you know, Prompto and Gladiolus a little bit, and just you know, be like a mix of combat styles and, and such. And they should definitely put some sort of emphasis on cooking. Like, you know, maybe he needs, um, you know, um, to keep. Maybe he needs a uh, good nutrition to, you know, keep up his strength and everything. So maybe like, you know, I don't know if I would like that ingredients. <laughs> I don't know if I would really like that. I mean, I, I think it'd be cool if like they implement that where maybe they give a mini game every time you go to a resting stop. Because if you notice with the previous two yeah. DLCs, once you go to a rest, you kind of just given a, a boost. You're given like a, a, a health, an attack and a defense boost. I think it is at one point. And, that, and that's just about it just for resting. So it'd be uh, nice to maybe kind of like make those a little bit more interactive or make those very similar to the main game where you get to choose different ingredients that give you different boosts. That'd be, that'll be cool to have something like that. Now, one yeah, thing I want to touch on, Gary. Okay. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go oh, okay. And I was just going to say, um, I was just going to say it'll, it'll probably be as simple as that. Just, you know, you um, as you're fighting, going around fighting people, you're collecting recipes as well. And then when you rest, you know, you can probably cook like different dishes and stuff. So it'll probably be like really simple like that. Uh, what were yeah. you going to say? What, what I was going to say was, and what I want to touch on, is that for after the DLCs come out, so after episode Ignis, because I'm pretty sure we get a, we got somewhat of an idea of what that's going to be like, but also I'm curious to think, you know, to, to, to kind of like mull over what exactly could be coming afterwards, you know, during the multiplayer content, or if any of the stuff that we got in that survey, if you remember that survey that happened around the time episode Gladiolus came out, there was a bunch of questions that they were asking related to what type of content people wanted to see in the game. And what I'm seeing and what I'm noticing is that some of that stuff is coming to fruition with these DLCs. So for episode Prompto, uh, people wanted to have RNA as a party member. And now we got that. Now, what I'm hoping is that after episode Ignis and maybe after the partners DLC, the multiplayer DLC comes out, we get some of the stuff that's given to us as like bonuses for people that have gotten the season pass or as extra kind of like packs that people could just purchase or in updates where we'll get RNA as an extra party member or we'll get a whole nother area of like Lucius to explore. Like again, some places, some of the that survey asked for different areas to go visit and more story content in like some of those areas. Perfect example, the very end of the game, like when you go back to the kingdom and such, you don't spend a lot of time there. Oh, yeah. What I was hoping at one point is that maybe we get something where it's either another DLC or extra update that allows you to go there and do more story-based content, not just as older uh was it as older Noctis, but even as a young Noctis back in the day. Like there has to be something where you'll be able to go back there and do more because i feel like that's going to give more value to the game it's going to keep people playing after that multiplayer dlc comes out and it's going to make a lot of people happy you know seeing them kind of take a lot of that feedback that we got from the surveys because realistically they could do all that stuff it's just going to take a long time but but i don't know what, what do you think about that yeah well i know they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes and stuff um and you know some of that stuff that you mentioned would be cool especially like going back to 
you know, the kingdom and everything, the palace, because there's some nice scenery in those areas that you get to go to at the end of the game. So bringing those back would be great. Um, and uh, I was going to say something before, but it completely slipped my mind now. Um, but I know they're, <laughs> um, they're, they're working on the fishing game as well. That's something else. I'm, I'm, I don't think that's in the season pass per se. I think it's a standalone. Yeah, it's I know they're, work, they're also working on that, um, and that's is that only for VR or can you play that like without VR? That's My understanding, I'm... that's only for PSVR. That's that's basically the same thing that they were doing for Prompto, that VR experience, and I'm guessing they scrapped that because I don't think we're getting that at, at any point. It's funny enough, but and they're they're in favor of doing something like this, which I'm all for because this seems like that's a, a an experience or at least a way to implement VR into the game without going into weird territory. Okay, yeah. And I mean, what I'm really interested in is what they're going to do with that co-op mode or the, the multiplayer mode that they mentioned, because um, that could be something yeah. really interesting. Like if you're able to, you know, run co-op battles or missions together, I, I think it's going to be really battle focused. Um, I don't think like you're going to be able to like run around the world together or anything like that, because that seems like it would be a lot of work for them to implement. You know, they probably have to... Um, reprogram a lot of things to get that to work um so it will probably be just some sort of battle arena or something where like you know you can uh either battle each other or you know battle with your friends and take down maybe a coliseum that's that's the best bet i could think of is maybe a coliseum because you know final fantasy fifth final fantasy in general almost always has an area where you could go to and you could battle monsters so it would make more ideal sense to have like one set area where everybody controls their own characters because at least that's what it was explained about the the multiplayer mode or the multiplayer capabilities for this game way back when where everybody will control a party member after all the DLCs come out. So I guess that everybody gets their own style based off the respective DLCs and then they work together to take down something or to do something. So I'm guessing side quests, if not a coliseum where you take on big monsters and then you get bonuses for that. Very similar in the fact of like they have these like special time quests now in the game that came with some of the recent updates where you're able to go do specific stuff and then get quest points and trade them in for different like bonuses and such like you could get boosted exp you could get a, a boost in like 999 ap which is great by the way they're like different different things you could do to kind of level up and max out most of your party members so maybe it'll probably be along those lines i i think that that could be more realistic yeah yeah, indeed. And um, what I was going to say before as well is um, I know um, there was a lot of hints towards them revealing the results of that survey that they did at Gamescom, because I know they're going to have a presence at Gamescom this August. So perhaps we'll get, you know, the, some of the results of that survey um, around that time. And that's why I'm I'll be curious. I'd be very curious if they do that because I think it'd be good to show what people want. And now, don't get me wrong. I think you're obviously going to always have to detractors and you're going to have people that are disappointed that whatever it is that they voted for isn't really kind of getting pushed, that that's expected. But it would be a, a good sign of good faith from them to actually uh, talk about that openly because people want to play this game more, it seems like. And people are enjoying the DLCs from from what I see on social media, people like Episode Prompto, and people liked Episode Gladiolus for all extents of purposes. But they really like Episode Prompto, and and I'm hoping that Episode Ignis is just as good, and gets just as good a positive response. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll probably get like a trailer for that as well at some point, probably at Gamescom or TGS, maybe. Well, well, it's coming out very soon, like in the next like what I want to say, a couple of months actually, because they have a date at the very end of the 
of the teaser for episode prompto. Yeah, so it's like it's right December. around the corner. Oh, so it's December. So we got a couple of months. So they got a while then to, to, to put it out there. So my guess is that it'll be out right before PSX. Yeah. Yeah. Around that time, I believe. But, um, but yeah, um, episode prompto gets a thumbs up from me. It's not perfect. You know, it comes with, you know, some issues, but definitely a lot more enjoyable than the first uh, DLC episode, in my opinion. Uh, what's your final verdict? I think it's good. I think that if you've been getting the DLCs for uh, Final Fantasy 15 up to this point, you're going to enjoy this one probably more so than episode Gladiolus. It feels more like Final Fantasy 15 than the previous episode. Uh, I still think that there should be more rewards for everybody that dives into this, especially if you have the season pass. And also, word up to Square Enix for catching the issues that people that had the season pass were running into because when the day came, when the first day of the DLC being out came, uh, was it was uh, on PSN. People had issues downloading it when they had the season pass. It was still telling people to buy it again. So word up to them for fixing that really quickly. So again, I'm, I'm looking forward to episode Ignis. The, this gets me very, very happy. And very uh, was it has a very optimal uh, look towards uh, episode Ignis. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's always a positive when you know things are improving gradually. You know, like I was. A little frustrated with episode Gladiolus, but like now that this one is a lot better, you know, I'm I'm more optimistic and I'm happy that, you know, they're kind of improving the experience more and more. So hopefully episode Ignis will be pretty incredible when that comes out. But um yeah, that's pretty much all we're gonna be discussing today. But you can definitely look out for more episodes of Turn Based in the future because you know we've got some other things to discuss. Uh, in the future, like um, Final Fantasy XII, Zodiac Age. Big deal. We'll be discussing that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, look out for more content from us in the future. And make sure you're checking out the website, thecoalition.com. That's a coalition with a K. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Peace. Take it, e- take it easy, everybody.